0: Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 29 is here. Welcome in and thank you for listening. Our special guest this week is someone you are pretty familiar with if you listen to this podcast, Nick Broker. We will get to our conversation with Nick in a couple minutes, but first, what I saw in the past week last Thursday... I made a nice long journey down to Girard to see the Williamsville Bullets take on the North Mac Panthers. Jacob Finley is a serious force, something you don't want to see at the 2A level, a guy with that size. You have to have a good game plan to try to stop or else he will score every trip down the floor. 6'8", a legit 6'8", and it's not something that's easily stopped. Now, let's get to Friday. First of all, a very cool experience in Raymond, Illinois. The Lincolnwood Lancers hosted the Nokomis Redskins for a girls and boys doubleheader during the day at school. Inside the woodshed, the girls played in the morning, the boys played in the afternoon, and the entire student body for all three schools were in attendance along with it being open to the general public. A very cool experience for the kids at the schools, some kids who may have never seen a varsity basketball game. This gives them a chance to watch the big kids play. I hope more schools do this, and I also hope we get to see a chance to see more kids come to varsity games. Imagine a situation in which kids from a 1A school got to come on a field trip to see this SHG team play, or just a 3A team in general. Hope we get to see more situations like that as well. Let's hope that they can get that worked out. That was Friday during the day. Friday night was the big mega at Bell's Gym in the CSA. Not only was there a great girls game, But those girls got to play in front of a packed gym as well. Callie Houston and the Cyclones got a big win over MacArthur. And then the battle of the two undefeated teams in the CS8 on the boys' side. After a great back-and-forth first half, the Cyclones pull away in the second half. We got an incredible shot. One of the craziest I've ever seen. Zach Hawkinson hits an 80-footer at the third-quarter buzzer on his way to a monster game. One of two for him in less than 22 hours. Unfortunately, Makai Wright left the game for MacArthur in the second quarter. And we'll have to wait to see in February... If he's healthy and if MacArthur can win the rematch at their place, which, in case you're wondering, is also the location for the 3A sectional. MacArthur hosts a sectional, so SHG could be there twice and have to play MacArthur two more times. I also had the Pleasant Plains doubleheader on Saturday, and I was bad luck for both Cardinal teams. Pena beats the girls in Plains on Saturday morning, and St. Thomas Moore beats the Cardinals at the Taylorville shootout in the afternoon, despite scoring just one point in the first quarter. Saturday night, Robert went to Highland to see SHG beat CBC, and Zach Hawkinson had another great game. SHG stays undefeated. On Monday, we kicked off the Sagamon County Boys Tournament. Riverton beats Lutheran, Williamsville beats Athens, and Tri-City beats Pawnee. Leanna and Bobby helped me out big time on Tuesday as I caught the stomach bug and was down for the count. New Berlin, Auburn, and Plains pick up wins on Tuesday, as well as SHG staying undefeated with a tough win over High, who gave them some trouble in the first half. Wednesday night, semifinal action for me. New Berlin... And Auburn to see who gets to play Friday for the title. The Trojans take care of business and get a big game from Carter Hunley. They knock off the top seed and await the winner of Williamsville and Pleasant Plains. Here we go for what's coming up on Channel 1450. On Thursday, the other county semifinal, Williamsville and Pleasant Plains to see who plays Auburn. That game is at 630 at Lincoln Land. On Friday, the Boys County Championship game, 8 o'clock. Make sure you get to Lincolnland. This is always a great atmosphere and it'll be a great game regardless of who is playing. Also Friday, SHG takes on Jacksonville. That's at Bell's Gym. The Cyclones looking to stay undefeated before Saturday's big game. The Cyclones play Chaminade in the nightcap of the Southern Illinois Classic Shootout at Belleville-Altoff on Saturday, and I will be there for that one. That's a late game as well. On Monday... The Girls County Tournament kicks off at Pleasant Plains at 2 p.m., and they'll play all four games on Monday to kick off the tourney. The semifinals are Wednesday night, and the championship for the Girls County Tournament is next Thursday. All those games are at Pleasant Plains. Also Monday, you may have heard about this one, a rematch of last year's state championship game at the 3A level that went to two overtimes before Keyshawn Singleton hit the incredible shot that won SHG the state title. This game on Monday is at UIS at 630. You can buy tickets early at SHG on Thursday and Friday from 8 a.m. until 2:30 2:30 p.m. in the main office. On Tuesday next week, it's a mega at Eisenhower. Girls and boys, SHG Cyclones on a busy run. They go to Decatur on Tuesday. Also Tuesday, Pleasant Plains at West Central, and Porter Wrestling will take on Tremont. Wednesday, like I said, the girls county semifinals. And on Thursday next week, I'm heading off to Florida with SHG, who plays in a big shootout in Punta to Florida. So next week's podcast will come out late Wednesday evening because I will be on a plane Thursday morning. Sunday night. This week, I plan on dropping the second episode of the season with Sacred Heart Griffin. And if you haven't seen episode one, it's sort of a documentary style piece going deep into detail about this year's basketball team and their season. Now, speaking of Sacred Heart Griffin, let's get to this week's guest. It is Nick Broker. We started this podcast journey with Nick. Thanks to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial, bringing you six minutes with sauce. All fall long, the last two years, the chance to check in with Nick at Ole Miss the past two seasons. Harvey teamed up with us to provide some NIL money. And now we wrap things up with a little bit deeper conversation. Here is Nick Broker. All right. It's been a little over a month since we've talked to Nick Broker on six minutes with sauce. Thanks to Angel Harvey of country Vangel. Uh, this week, we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're, we might go a little bit longer because um, I, I think it's safe to say a lot has happened in a month. Um, so before we talked, you were getting ready for your bowl game. Um, let's kind of give a summary of, of that for you and you know, your last game in college. What, what was the experience like? And, and what did you take away from that? I
1: mean, it was pretty special to go to another bowl game and um, we really enjoyed the Texas Bowl as far as, you know, the events we had going on. We, we honestly felt like it was pretty sh- uh, similar to the Sugar Bowl in that aspect and the way we were treated, the hospitality and everything um, didn't exactly go the way we wanted um, f- as far as the game went, um, losing that. But overall, it was a really good experience.
0: What was it like for you, <clears throat> you know, mentally, emotionally, just knowing that that this was it for you?
1: Yeah, it was kind of really bittersweet, um, knowing that it was the last one, but also looking ahead to the future a little bit and what's to come, but uh, it was kind of a weird feeling, you know, after that game, never sitting up for an Ole game again.
0: To put, to put that Rebel helmet on, um, I mean, that's that's been so much of your life these last four years. Um, have you had a chance to kind of soak that in and say, you know, that that was it and, and now it's time for the next chapter?
1: Yeah, definitely. At this point, I've had I've had a little bit of time to kind of reflect on everything and um, kind
0: of think about you know the time I had at Ole Miss. In in that time that you had at Ole Miss, I mean, not only you know a coaching change, but just a, a position change for you. Um, so many different honors and so many different you know experiences. Like you said, um, getting the chance to play in bowl games and something like that. I think people around here kind of realized that this year, like Illinois got that chance this year, and that's that's something that's so special. But for you at the, at the next level at the SEC, I mean, you got to experience so many different things in these last four years. How much do you feel like you've grown not only as a person but as a football player? A
1: lot. I mean, I feel completely different than where I was as a freshman. Just with everything involved, like a maturity standpoint, uh, just knowing how to handle myself in all these different situations. Uh,
0: looking back on, on all the situations that you got to experience, all the different games, um, you know... As you look back on that now, would you ever have thought that, you know, five years ago coming from Springfield that that you would be in this position right now and, and get to experience all those things in these four years?
1: Uh, in a way, no. I mean, I always kind of believed in myself and my hard work, but um, so there's definitely some things I was like, wow, I didn't really think that yeah. a few years ago. And this these were all just kind of dreams. They weren't really things I was really expecting out of myself.
0: How well do you f- feel like you were prepared for everything and how much do you feel like you kind of grew in these four years and and Ole Miss kind of helped you along with that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Ole Miss did a ton for me. I mean, we have a saying here called pro mindset that we really strive by and live by and uh, coach Kiffin coming from the NFL and all the different staff that we had, coach Thornton, uh, my last line coach that I had, my, my, my junior and senior year, he did such a great job. I think those are the things that really just definitely helped me a lot.
0: And with that being said, you talk about that pro mindset, um, I mean, playing in the SEC, playing with guys who go on to that next level, you kind of, you know, in these last few years, you knew it, that it was a possibility, so to, to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm preparing for that next level, um, that had to be just kind of special knowing, um, you know, most people when they get out of college, they're like, okay, what's my job? You kind of know, okay, I'm preparing for that next level, and that that's going to be my job, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's different, um, experience that a lot of people really get to you know have and so I'm really thankful for that you know this has definitely been during my whole life um to be able to play at this level so you know definitely um realizing all that and things like that so that's really been special and yeah like you said I mean playing in this league um, you know we always joke AFC uh NFC SEC um <laughs> I mean, every week it's somebody different you know you got Will Anderson one week, Derek Hall the next week Jalen Carter um, so many big time guys that'll play in the NFL for a long time, be really high draft picks. So you always have to kind of be on
0: the top of your game, right? And you know, we we saw it this week with uh, the national championship game. Georgia repeats as national champions, and dude, just the way that they dominated. Uh, I mean, as an SEC member, you have to be like, yeah, this is this is what we do every single week.
1: Yeah, I mean, just from the minute the ball was snapped, I mean, I, I felt like Georgia was kind of the superior team. Just my personal perspective of viewing it, you know, laterally down the sideline. Just some of the way the Georgia players can yeah. and cover ground. And, um, just the differences that speed. Um, that's, that's always been kind of the thing I've noticed playing some of the out-of-conference teams is the speed at the SEC so different. Some of the depth at all the positions is really mind-blowing. I mean, you got guys at Georgia... You know, two or three guys deep on their D line that they're just rotating in that are still get back there, being able to get to the quarterback. So that, that that's just unbelievable to think about.
0: Right, and look, after they win the Natty last year, they lose so much because I mean that's what happens when you win the Natty and you come from the SEC. You're going to get that opportunity to play at that next level, and then you know it's just the next man up. And like you said, that just speaks to the depth that that you have to have in the SEC at every position, and just. I mean, that, it, it really proved itself this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of schools like that, you know, there's always the so we don't rebuild, we reload. Not to, like, that's something all SEC teams try to live by, you know, us included. I mean, after the Sugar Bowl, I thought we did a really great job getting a fresh roster for this past season, and they're kind of in the process of doing that again for, for next fall.
0: Okay, so you wrap up with your bowl game. Um, can you walk me through the timeline a little bit about, you know, this is right around the holidays, it's – you know, you, you just got done with Christmas, it's New Year's, what, how did, what's the timeline of how you prepare to go ahead and release the statement saying, okay, I'm ready to move on to that next level?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me it was a little different this year than last year. Last year I, I didn't really know whether or not I was going to come back or stay, so I kind of had to, um, think about that decision. This year it was kind of different, where the whole time, all along, I, mean, I knew I was going to come out after the season, um... Just kind of got busy with some things. I mean, played our game the 28th, 29th, and 30th. I had to move out of my apartment. Um, 31st was in Oxford. Drove the first to Frisco right outside of Dallas and then started training the second. I've been here training since. So um, just kind of had to get some things just kind of back to normal before yeah. <laughs> I could kind of get on top of some things like that.
0: Um, like you mentioned last year, you know, you, you had to make that decision, and a lot goes into that. Um, who exactly, or how do you go about those those conversations last year of saying, okay, I you know, I'm testing the waters, I'm talking to the right people. Who are those people, and how do you get that feedback of, okay, I need to make the move from tackle to guard? Obviously, that worked out very well for you, but, you know, how did those conversations go for you last year, and, and who's all involved in that?
1: So, for me, I was really just trusting... Uh all the people at Ole Miss, like my coaches and everything, the personnel, because they're the ones that get kind of get all the information back from the NFL. And, um, hearing what they had to say and kind of trusting in not only them but myself to be able to move positions like that. And um, Looking back on it, you know, if I had that opportunity again to do it again, I'd do exactly what I did at the time. I definitely think I made the right
0: decision. And I think you definitely proved yourself. I mean, not only the – you know, the – personal success that you had, but, you know, the move, like you, we talked about earlier in the year, it's it's not easy to do that, and um, for you to come up with all the accolades, do you feel like, you know, obviously this was the right decision, but you really proved yourself this year?
1: Yeah, definitely, I think so as well, I mean, um, like you said, some of the accolades can kind of speak for itself as far as about how I played this fall, um, so that, that was pretty exciting.
0: So... Now that you officially declare for the NFL draft, um, what is the process for you in terms of, you know, an agent and, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people that you're going to make those right decisions? How how do you kind of go about doing that, and what was that process like?
1: Yeah, that was honestly a pretty tricky spot to be in as well as kind of finding the right people you want to be in, and thankfully I did. I'm really excited about who I have. Um, you know teaming up with me to kind of go on and attack this whole process I and mean, that's kind of been the, one of the best parts
0: so far is that another thing that I mean I'm sure Ole Miss sets you up with the right people and says hey you know here's here's what players have done in the past and you know like we've talked about before you being such good friends with guys like Royce Newman has to help in you know making sure that you surround yourself with the right people
1: yeah definitely I mean the school will do whatever they can to help us some of it Some of the things like that are kind of on your own a little bit more so. Um, But obviously, the school will help in whatever way they can. And like you said, honestly, for me, it was really nice having guys like Royce and um, Matt Corral, Elijah, you know, guys that I played with that I kind of trust.
0: So, when when you make this decision, what all do you need to do in terms of that? I mean, is it just, okay, I need to hire an agent to make sure that he takes care of everything? Or, you know, is there other things that, that we maybe don't know about?
1: Yeah, I mean the agent thing's kinda of big, kinda of trying to figure out where you want to train at. Thankfully for me where I'm training and I've trained here before. Um and that's so I know the trainers here that I'm working with and there's a really good group of guys here that I'm working out with as well that all um have really uh strong careers and everything like that. So I think those are kind of there's a lot that goes into it that I didn't really realize until I got to college and was thinking about these things last year and then obviously like doing it this year to really go behind the scenes.
0: Right. I feel like, you know, people just see, okay, you know, they played in college. Now they're going to get drafted. And it's like once you once you understand what it takes to to make that in-between step, um, obviously a lot goes into that. What, as, as you've been in it now for a couple weeks, um, I mean, how tough is it for you? What... What's it like just knowing? Okay, this is this is my job as I prepare for that next step, which is a whole nother level.
1: Yeah, I mean that's been kind of the craziest part. Is every time I'm training, I mean this is this is my job now. Like you said, <laughs> you know it's it's definitely felt like it was a job in college, just because that's what we try to make it be. Just because you want to treat yourself like as much as a pro as you can, but at the end of the day, I mean you still have like class and everything. Right now, I and mean, this is this is it right now. This is all I'm really focused on. It's my career now.
0: So what is you said you you kind of are in Texas now? What is the timeline for you? Do you just I mean is it just train seven days a week until you know you prepare for the draft or do you need to go to a combine or how? What is kind of the timeline? So no,
1: not today. No, uh, sorry. You're uh, fine. Uh, so today, or excuse me. So basically, right now I'll be working out like six days a week. Sunday's kind of like more of an off day just for recovery. Um. So I've senior bowl in Mobile Alabama in two weeks, I believe from now, maybe two and a half, I guess technically, yeah. and then uh, I got the combine at the very end of February, early March, and then they haven't released our pro day date, and then there's, so there's a lot of different things that are kind of mixed in. I mean, um, you got that. Individual as soon as dance, I'll have individual workouts schools can come to or teams excuse me can come to Ole Miss and work me out there. Um, I'll go visit some of the uh, different organizations. Uh, I'll fly out and have like one day visits out there and intermix. I'll have uh, Walter Camp All American Banquet as well. So I mean there's a kind of a lot going on these next few months and then the drafts at the end of April.
0: Right. So, I mean, it's not like you have time to just, you know, kind of sit back and relax and say, okay, I'm, I'm taking this next step. Um, yeah. But, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the combine and that's obviously kind of the, the big one that everybody circles in terms of, okay, this is when all eyes are on you. Um, what is, what is that like knowing, okay, this is, this is your chance. This is your one, you know, this is, this is it. And that's kind of a huge day for you. Yeah, definitely, so, you know, and Senior Bowl too. I mean, those are both
1: really big events. That you know, all the NFL personnel is at. Everybody's there evaluating everything from the moment I even step off the airport, you near know, DFW to fly out. I mean, they, they evaluate everything. So um, there's so because it's such a big business. You know, they, you kind of have to have everything um, kind of checked off, and every. Uh, circle filled in correctly i mean you you just got to really be on top of your game and on top of everything how you handle how you handle yourself how you answer questions uh your mannerisms everything
0: physically you obviously proved yourself at the highest level in college um what what is the feedback right now about you know what you're working on or what you need to do or you know what exactly are you trying to get weight wise you know everything in terms of being completely ready and, and the best possible nick broker for for this next step
1: yeah i don't think i'm trying to change my weight a ton. just trying to make sure i lean out more and kind of make it the best weight possible and, you know like anything else definitely want to get stronger um get faster get really ready for the 40 and all those different combine things and the interview process will be really big as well so getting ready for all of that
0: what about that side of things how do you how do you have to prepare you know, what are you doing to make sure that you're ready for, you know, obviously, you know, football wise, you, you've been pretty prepared for that. But um, like you said, they kind of, they're watching everything that you do. They're going to, they're going to ask you some questions. How do you prepare for that side of it?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we have people here that help us here at training, obviously do will help us with a lot of the um, on-field and some of the interview stuff and be with some, some psychologists that like know what they're doing on this side of things as well. So, um, we can kind of get whatever, you know, best strategies, best answers to all the questions.
0: Is this, I mean, is that part kind of exciting to know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm getting prepared for something that I, I can't really, I don't really have the test, but I know, you know, kind of what, what they what it's going to be like sort of, but also it's got to be kind of exciting to say, you know, they, they're going to really throw the kitchen sink at you and, and you're going to be ready for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, definitely exciting to think about just meeting with all the different teams and organizations. I mean, like I said earlier, this is something I've been up my whole life, so um, definitely something I really want to enjoy.
0: What's been the hardest part for you in, in these last you know couple of weeks adjusting to this next step?
1: Uh, I mean, moving out was obviously a challenge. Kind of getting acclimated here um, was kind of tricky and it's just such a different type of workout, you know, getting ready for the combine and what you do in college, because you're in college you're really just you know, trying to factor in all the football stuff, but training for the combines almost like training for the Olympics. And what <laughs> wasn't really training for four dashes and things like that while I was in college,
0: right? Um, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on you know the situation that happens in the NFL uh, a, a week ago with um, you know Demar. When when you see stuff like that, I mean you understand. Um, what it takes to get to that next level and also, you know, just kind of the brotherhood that is a football team. Um, what, what was your initial reaction to w- when that happens and, you know, just what 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 feelings go through your head?
1: Yeah, it's kind of, you kind of get like a little tingle. I mean, it's, it's really scary to see that happen to anybody. Um, like I couldn't imagine if it was any of the guys I played with or, you know, imagine uh, being the family For tomorrow, I mean, things like that are really scary. And that's, you know, I mean, it kind of, the one positive I would take out of that was like, it kind of just brought the whole football community together, which was pretty cool to see. And, you know, it's good to see that this house a lot better now.
0: Right. And I think it kind of, you know, it it lets everybody take a step back and put everything into perspective about, you know, you guys are, are all human beings. Like a lot of people just view you as, you know, pieces to a team. But, like you said, if that was any of your teammates or anybody that you knew, I mean, you can't imagine the emotions that you go through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, it, like you said, it kind of brings more of a human aspect to what's happening. Like, uh, at the end of the day, there's still just people. And, you know, things happen. Freak accidents happen. You know, that's kind of the risk with everything. It's just really unfortunate that it happened. But, like like we were both as mentioned, you know, it's just honestly a miracle that he's fine now.
0: As you grow up like you mentioned you know the dream is is to play in the nfl um and you obviously want that opportunity with anybody is there you know is there a perfect fit for you that you see or you know in terms of where you want to go or your the ultimate dream destination
1: uh not really i mean I, i think at this point just playing would be a dream you know i'd go anywhere i'll go wherever they tell me to go um i feel like i could play in any scheme with my abilities you know I'm smart enough to, so you know I'll, I'll play wherever.
0: To be this close to that opportunity, um, after all the hard work you put in, I mean, we've 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 seen it, we've chronicled it as much as we can. Um, have you thought about that moment when when you know they call your name and and that opportunity? Um, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. I've been thinking about that for a while. I don't know how <laughs> I'll react.
0: <laughs> I mean, just just to say, you know that that opportunity is is now within grasp it has that kind of hit you yet
1: yeah i mean it's it's just kind of breathtaking to think about these are kind of speechless thinking about things like that like like we talked about just been such a dream
0: i think that's all the questions i got man i appreciate your time and uh i i really hope that nothing but the best for you like you said um i know you're really looking forward to the senior bowl so uh we'll all be watching and, and making sure to check that out
1: Awesome. Thank you a ton, GP. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks to Nick for his time. I really appreciate him always joining me, being so honest and open and talking about his process. We're all so proud of him and so happy that he's made it this far and to see the success that he's had. We can't wait to see what's coming up next. Thanks to Andrew Harvey again. Check him out for all your insurance needs, Andrew Harvey Country Financial. Thanks to Nick again, and thank you all so much for listening. I will see you next week.